Hello, everybody, and welcome back to STL Partners Edge podcast. Today, I'm joined by co-host Annie. How are things with you, Annie? Oh, good. Thanks, Tilly. Good. And Annie, um, how did you find today's featured conversation with Naren from Cox? I found it really, really interesting, especially uh, because we covered a market that we don't usually talk about, the U.S. market. Um, so, so I think it, it will be really interesting for our listeners. And I don't know if you could maybe um, give a bit of a context into what's what's happening in the edge world in the U.S. Um, really interested in in seeing what you think, Julie. Yeah. So, I mean, there's lots of discussion around edge computing in the U.S. because of um, some of the latency challenges that especially tier two cities in the U.S. face. Um, but most of the, I guess, conversations are often focused on particularly what Verizon is doing, both mm-hmm. their you know, very high profile partnership with AWS, but they're also working with Azure, with Microsoft as well. Um, probably spoken about a bit less as some of the work that AT&T is doing. That's also um, in relatively close collaboration with Azure. Um, and then mm-hmm. definitely even less than that is, um, you know, people talking about and covering what some of the fixed line and the cable operators in the U.S. are doing. Um, so companies like Cox that we speak to today, but also um, Lumen would be another example of a player that's been, you know, relatively active in trying to um, establish some sort of edge um, IaaS um, play, particularly in, in certain areas where they have strengths like CDN and security. Um, then I guess maybe the last kind of thing is would be to also mention the tower companies that again in the US um, are you know have been relatively unique in in um, being active around in, in the edge space. So American Tower um, would be an example of that. So as an overview, I'd say yeah, the US is a really interesting market, and maybe we don't give enough um, spotlight on some of the companies beyond just um, you know AT and T and Verizon and, and what they're doing in, in edge computing. Well, that's great. Our podcast episode today will actually do that. So that's cool. And I know that this episode is is uh, relatively long, so I don't want to you know, dwell on the introduction too much. So with that said, let's just dive right in. So in today's episode, I'm joined by Naren. Naren is Senior Manager Business Design for Cox Edge, um, and I'm very pleased to have him on board for today's episode where we'll be talking about building an edge computing platform from scratch and all the experience that Cox have had in doing that in the United States. Um, So Naren, it would be great for you to introduce yourself, maybe tell us a little bit about your role and also what Cox Edge is doing more generally um, in the market at the moment. Sure. Um, Hi, Tilly. Uh, Naren Mathaya from Cox Edge, uh, responsible for leading our strategy and go-to-market efforts. and uh, glad to be on this podcast with SDL. Um, So providing a little bit of background, right? So Cox Edge um, essentially is part of the new growth and development um, entity out of Cox Communications. New growth is responsible for identifying uh, growth areas for the company. And so we essentially identified theme areas that we um, then further validate, you know, develop hypothesis um, and, you know, test the hypothesis. And, and ultimately, um, you know, we, uh, the objective is to commercialize those businesses that tend to be not only growth areas for the company, but also leverage on 
uh, you know, the existing core capabilities that we have. So think of these as really good adjacent plays for us based on the current markets we serve. Um, and so from Cox Edge, um, you know, ultimately was something that came out of this uh, initiative. And if you really think about edge edge computing, essentially, right, it's, 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 it's an extension to the cloud. And with Cox owning and operating, you know, extensive network, um, you know, within the U.S. and about 20 markets, that's roughly around 20 states, um, you know, we had an extensive um, set of assets, diverse set of assets that we already owned and operated. So that was a, a big advantage um, in terms of our ability to bring forward such a service, right? So, so that's essentially what we wanted to take advantage of, something uh, that was a strategic advantage to us um, that we wanted to fully capitalize um, and, and leverages, you know, this very attractive opportunity that Edge presents. Nice. That's a great overview. And um, one of the things that I'm keen to explore with you a bit more today is particularly the platform, I guess, that Cox has built up in the edge computing space because lots of, I guess, cable codes and telcos have um, some sort of strategic opportunity in the, you know, purely in the infrastructure side of things. But you guys, um, obviously the, the connectivity, the networking, but you've taken it a bit of a step further and looked to develop a platform wrapper for your edge offering. Um, and that's something that we've seen others do, but maybe more um, heavily supported by someone like a hyperscale cloud provider that's got a lot of experience in cloud platforms and basically can, can bring that to the edge. So in my head, what Cox is doing is somewhat unique in, in terms of, of, of kind of developing this yourselves. Um, what's that experience been like, I guess? What, where, where do you feel that you guys, what have you, do you feel you guys have learned from that? And, and, and why, why did you go down that route over maybe, you know, working with a, you know, I guess a platform provider um, that exists already out there? Sure. Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, obviously, there's the, you know, the, the easier go-to-market approach, and then, and then there's more of the challenging route, right? We obviously took the more challenging route, um, and it didn't it didn't just happen right away, right? I mean, this was all part of the whole, um, you know, process that we went through to kind of validate and and develop hypotheses. And and through that process, what what we identified was, I mean, obviously, Edge presented a huge opportunity. And and what we did have is a lot of, uh, you know, uh, unique diverse set of assets um, that 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 would truly enable what we could bring to the market, right? So if you if you kind of back and, and take a look at the edge value chain it's it's you need diverse set of these facilities and then you need networks that kind of connect these um you know actual real estate locations and then you have your hardware stack and then you have your cloud infrastructure then then you have the platform layer and then finally you have the the applications or solutions that kind of run on 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 those platforms right so obviously the facilities and networks i mean we had huge advantages and um uh, you know um and then really it came down to how do we want to kind of put forth this this cloud infrastructure in place and it was during that process where you know we were thinking like long term right in terms of like you know how do you have some control in terms of the offering that you could bring to market it's not just about the speed at which you want to bring the offering to market and also considering where edge was at that time it you know we did have the um uh, we did have time in terms of uh, to be able to 
put some resources and energy to think, um, you know, what would be the right approach. So um, Cox did make um, an, an investment in StackPath, um, you know, StackPath, which is a, a CDN, more of the, um, the, the programmatic CDN's uh, offerings in the market, who is a leader in that space. So it did make that investment and that ended up becoming the foundation for Cox Edge. Uh, essentially, we leveraged StackPath's like orchestration platform and their, you know, compute and, um, you know, CDN services that really kind of make the foundation of our uh, infrastructure, cloud infrastructure. And then what that allowed us to do is to uh, be able to identify the right service mixes now that we can start uh, bringing together and then, you know, layer on essentially. So then we ended up um, identifying another strategic partner that now offers this this really unique, um, you know, um, a converged database platform uh, that offers a lot of different, you know, uh, very unique set of services that are kind of converged into one platform that's available through uh, like a serverless API. So that was something, again, you know, for the edge is, you know, it's unheard of in terms of a distributed database, right? It's a real-time distributed database, but that's essentially what we were able to bring into our platform. And then um, now, we're bringing in other services like managed Kubernetes, as well as like, you know, bare metal offering. And again, each of these are powered by different providers. But what we have done from a Cox Edge perspective is to, it's still, it's a Cox Edge uh, experience. So it's our portal. And, um, you know, we have developed the APIs that tie these services together. So ultimately, what we want to offer is this seamless Cox Edge experience to the end customer, regardless of the type of services. But at the same time, you know, we wanted to have the control over the services that we bring to the market and also the long term, um, you know, roadmap around these services. Right. So we have a very tight relationship with our strategic partners and uh, some of them we have an investment interest in as well. So these are long term relationships that, that we wanted to build. And that's why it was important for us to with these relationships that had to be you know mutually beneficial. Right. So if you think of a lot of our partners, they've kind of been disruptive in their own sense and in, in the specific area that they participate in the market, unlike some of the larger, more incumbents in the market where, you know, we may not be able to have that type of a relationship. Right. So so that was important to us in, in having that strategic um, relationship that has a long-term, um, you know, viability for 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 uh, all the stakeholders. Mm. And that's a really good point because it's not that you guys have chosen not to partner or that you're trying to do this all yourself. It's just that I guess the types of partnerships that you've looked to invest in in the edge space are maybe a bit different to some of the other high-profile partnerships that we've seen between, um, you know, more of the the telcos and, um, you know, and cloud providers or, or others. So it's just a bit of a different model and maybe gives you guys a little bit more ownership, a bit higher up the stack than um, than, than what we've seen from others. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, for you guys, there's a bit of a different opportunity um, as a you know as a fixed line operator in comparison to some of the more mobile centric plays that you know have often dominated some of the discourse around edge computing um, so just wondering what you know what for you is the unique opportunity or where you see that there's more um, yeah I guess opportunity from an edge space in, in comparison to say some of the, the mobile use cases and, and players that we've that we've seen in this area. 
Sure. Yeah. I mean, again, right, we we launched the business officially last year. So, you know, we're kind of coming in on, 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 on a year in terms of since we launched, right? And there's been a lot of learnings. I mean, the the, the edge space is still very early in its in its formation stages. Um, there's lots of um, you know specific or or more custom type of uh, projects or POCs that are happening. But you know, th- there hasn't still been a specific um, you know use case that's been identified that that has um, you know enough of. Uh, um, enough gravity, right? So it's not like everyone's kind of going after one in one particular opportunity here. And and that's essentially because everyone has different, you know, different business challenges that they're uniquely looking to solve for. And that results in a lot of these different edge projects or edge POCs that end up, um, um, you know, initiating and, and, and evolving essentially. So We've we've a lot we've learned a lot through our conversations with customers as well as like prospective customers over the course of the last year, and um, you know there's two things that are happening. One is obviously we have a platform now that that offers a really broad set of services, but from an end customer's perspective, they're still looking at it from the customer isn't at a place where they're able to consume those services as is right. Um, so the customer has is obviously focused on their business problems, which results in specific use cases that they are looking for. And they want to consume these in that use case type of a fashion. So so really more from a solution standpoint. So and, and that essentially results in needing to partner, right? Because as a as a IS or or a platform provider, you know, you're not able to provide that end solution yet. So you do need to partner with ISVs or system integrators or the right set of stakeholders that can now deliver that service to that end customer. Um, so that's essentially what we're starting to see more of what happened in, in this space now. And, um, and you know, we're again, working with other um, partners to, um, to, to deliver those services in that mechanism. Mm-hmm. So one of the learnings has been that, you know, you have to, you have to be able to I guess, show the end customer the value of the whole solution, even though you guys are not necessarily going to play across all parts of that. You have to be able to articulate that vision and identify those partners and be able to kind of bring that full picture to uh, an end customer, um, especially as the market is nascent and, you know, just the technology as a whole is probably not enough for them to understand, um, you know, what it is, the value that it will it will bring. Um, exactly. That makes sense. Yeah. Yep. So, and, 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 and each customer is different, and they have a unique set of yeah. challenges and characteristics. So, I think that's where I think as an industry, we're you know trying to understand how these different set of you know challenges and requirements kind of how do you start grouping these together, right? Because unless you start seeing some sort of like similarities between things, then everything is going to be highly custom, which isn't necessarily scalable, right? So once you start seeing more of these uh, requirements being able to be when you can start kind of grouping them together then you can create some critical mass um and that's we're kind of early in that journey now makes sense and the last thing i kind of wanted to to talk to you about a little bit is that obviously there's a huge amount that needs to have you know got been gotten right to build a platform from a technical perspective but there's also a lot to be learned and a lot that needs to be got right from a commercial angle as well in terms of how you uh, 
um, price this sort of solution, how you work with that end customer to create a compelling commercial proposition. Um, and I was just wondering if there's anything you would share from that angle in terms of what Cox has done um, and what you're learning and you know taking from the market at the moment. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there isn't necessarily, I mean, from a pricing perspective, again, it, it's like I said, every customer is, is somewhat unique and, and they have different set of challenges, right? That they're looking to address. I mean, some of them have, uh, you know, exorbitant cloud costs that they're trying to, you know, minimize uh, because of just the nature of, like, you know, egress charges, et cetera, right? Moving the, the you know, uh, the data to the cloud and what that presents, especially when companies start becoming bigger um, and uh, things start exploding there. So again, they have a different set of challenges they're looking to address, and some of them have more performance challenges that they're looking to address. So I think it's really about understanding specific customer challenges and, and how you can um, provide you know value that that's that's meaningful to them, right? But then in in but at large, when you from a relative perspective, right? Again, it's it's all it's going to boil down to how competitive you are in relation to the cloud services uh, today. So end of the day, that's essentially how you're going to get um, um, uh, get evaluated by. So it's important to make sure that um, you're at least in parity, even though you know the performance benefits are going to be much more um, you know important and, and compelling you know to move to the edge, right? Because um, because if if the cloud uh, is you know sufficiently addresses what your needs are, there isn't really a need to desire to move to the edge. It only you know the desire is there if the edge can truly address something that the cloud can't. Um, and there are obviously specific drivers for that, and you know making sure that um, your service is um, you know priced accordingly to demonstrate that that value you 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 deliver is going to be important. But at the same time. The yardstick is always going to be in relation to, you know, um, uh, how can you deliver this in relation to the cloud, um, you know, cloud uh, total cost of ownership type of lens. So that's essentially what we we look at as well in terms of okay, how can you? But uh, but obviously we have some advantages being um, you know a network operator owning these facilities and and the um, and the networks that connect these locations as well, right? So uh, we have some advantages in relation to, you know, competition in general. That's interesting because what you're saying is that that sort of promise for premium on edge cloud services, you know, we can't get too excited by that. We still have to exist in a world in which, you know, yes, if you can demonstrate real premium performance characteristics, you may be able to charge you know, a slight premium on the cloud, but you're saying it's got to be in the right order of magnitude and, and you know, pricing needs to, to reflect that. Um, the other thing that I've seen that you guys do, um, which is, is interesting, is that you are, um, you publish um, quite openly some of the pricing that you have around your platform. Um, in many cases, this is something that's a bit shrouded in mystery until you get quite far down the buying um, journey, but for you guys, it's something that you can actually calculate and, and see on your website, which I, I think is quite compelling from um, the perspective of a prospective customer wanting to just understand what the platform can do to, to actually see that and, and, and understand what it, what it might, um, you know, what it might be from a, a cost perspective for them. Yeah, I mean, we do, we do two things, right? We not only publish uh, some of the pricing as well, but again, 
you have to understand, right? I mean, this is a very consultative sale and, and the pricing is just only reflective of a few different scenarios and, and doesn't necessarily reflect what the end customer ultimately would end up um, um, end up, uh, you know, paying. Um, so it, it just, uh, you know, gives them a reference, but, but you know, there's uh, lots more to it outside of what they see there. And then the second element of it is like, we also publish some of the um, performance as well for these various services, right? Um, in comparison to all, and these are real time readouts that we get um, based on where we're collecting the information across all the different POPs and uh, in relation to um, some of the, you know, cloud POPs that are out there um, from the different providers or, or the largest providers. So it just gives uh, customers um, a sense of, um, you know, understanding in terms of truly what the value is. Um, and again, it's it's not everything applies to everybody, but, you know, for the ones that it does matter, you know, it is it is truly, um, you know, um, valuable. Perfect. Well, there you go. There's the plug for the Cox websites. Go and check out the real-time performance <laughs> and the pricing calculator. And um, yeah, thank you so much, Naren, for taking the time to come and chat to me today. That was really interesting um, and I appreciate it. Yeah, sure. No, thank you. Thank you for the time and, and having me here. Um, you know, excited to be part of this uh, conversation to help people understand more about, you know, where the edge market is and, and where we are in relation to that and uh, and, and how Cox Edge can, can support that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Edge podcast. We hope that you found it interesting. And then for this section, we wanted to talk a bit about the uh, the news in the Edge world. And we couldn't find anything better than the fact that the Edge Woman of the Year finalists have been announced. And our own Tilly Gilbert is one of the finalists. Uh, congratulations, Tilly. Thanks, Annie. <laughs> and could you talk to us a bit about the other finalists and, and what they're doing in Edge? Yeah, so it's a really great list of women um, and super proud to be part of it. Um, what's cool to see is that there's quite a range of different, I guess, companies that these women work at. So some of the big heavy hitters among the telecoms operators, um, like Julia um, from Vodafone, um, but also, I guess, um, some more industrial focused companies like Amanda, who works at um, AMP Robotics. Um, and then along with, of course, um, a couple of the um, cloud guys, um, Elena AWS, and um, and also some of the more sort of systems integrator players like Me Too at Accenture. So um, really nice to be part of um, that list of women and looking forward to um, Edge Computing World in um, a few weeks when the we will there will be the awards show and and um, when we'll hopefully get to meet some of those people and speak to them in person. That sounds great. Uh, well, thanks everyone for listening to the Edge podcast, and we'll catch you uh, next week. <laughs>